Welcome back to the Attitude Effort Results Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Natsky. We are presented by Teamwork Online, the number one hiring platform in all of sports and entertainment. Our partnership with Teamwork Online has, has truly provided a platform to help spread our word and Teamwork Online. We have the same goal. Uh, and it gives us credibility throughout the process because they're literally the best in the business. <laughs> so we would obviously not be where we are today without the help of teamwork. We're very blessed to call them a partner uh, and thrilled to have AER uh, presented by them. If you are in the sports sales world, Teamwork Online just put on this past week one of the best, one of the best presentations of all time. They do a sports sales conference with 40, 50, 60 sports teams that fly in from the across the country to Cleveland, Ohio, to give kids the opportunity to excel, to give them an opportunity to get out of their comfort zone. Man, if you did not go to that this year, that is something that you should look up on for next year, especially our younger group. That is something you need to be going to. And again, we are not getting paid by Team America Online, and they did not even tell me to say this, that's where I got my start, and so my passion lies there. One more thing before we jump into today's episode. A lot of people, since our last couple of resume um, episodes, we had one, how to build a resume, then not to submit a resume, which is kind of funny because it was right after how to build one. And then when Jace came in and talked about resumes, since those episodes have released, I've had countless people come to me and say, hey, I need help building my resume. I've never built one before, I've never been told how to build one. I have no idea what I'm doing. And what I said to those people was, great, because that's where I was. I was fortunate that I had a friend who had somebody they knew help me with my resume. And without that, I never would have known how to create a resume. And again, I don't believe that I needed a resume to get into sports because of all of the episodes we've done before. But that is an important piece of paper when you put it down in front of somebody for an interview, right? So that's why I'm talking about today. What Hunter and I are going to do, let me start here. I love helping people and I have a very hard time saying no. <laughs> and that's one of my downfalls for sure. So because a lot of people have been coming to me, I'm actually going to give coaching on individuals' resumes. So it's going to be $100. I believe it's important to break the pay barrier because I don't want to get taken advantage of, and I value my time. Again, I think the time that the excuse of time is one of the worst that you can possibly have. But time is valuable, and so I value my time building my career. I obviously, you guys have heard before, value my time in the morning and dedication of myself and my craft, and then above all else, my time with my fiance. And so it's a hundred bucks. Come to me with your resume, where it's going to be a back and forth. It's not going to be a one-time submit. Here you go. Cause it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. So we're going to work on it together and we're going to tailor that to the exact job that you guys want. So happy to help reach out. Hunter and I are going to walk you guys through that process. All right. Today, purpose of the episode today, give you tools to crush the interviews. I want you today to sit in an interview room with us. If you're not driving, picture yourself physically in the interview room. Don't think about anything else. Just be in that room. What emotions are you feeling? How do you feel about being in that room? Are you prepared if you have to do it right now? 
right? The purpose of this episode is to give you the tools to equip you so you can go and crush interviews. Also, I keep fidgeting with my AirPods. We're testing our new sound system to, to help. So we're going to continue working things out. It's going to be different every single week, but I'm going to mess with them a little bit today if you guys are watching online or on Spotify. Why are we doing this episode today? We're going to talk about negative in interviews to start. Then we're going to talk about how we can control the room, how you articulate information, and then why actively listening is important during the interview. Let's roll. Why are we doing this episode? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'm a very strong Christian. <laughs> I'm fired up today. So buckle up because I'm going to start attacking people left and right. This is also why I'm offering resume help because there are jobs out there for the taking that nobody knows how to get. Individuals who walk in an interview room are typically the top 5%, if not the top 1% of all candidates, right? In sports, which we've said it before, you start with around 1,000 people every single time and probably, what, 10 people have interviews, maybe less. So you are the top 1%. And it's crazy to me how many interviews stink. I kid you not, today I was driving with my manager to an out-of-office meeting for the, with a partner of mine. Or not of mine, but of the organization. He starts talking about how it's so hard to find people to interview for a premium role in the sports industry. One of the most sought after roles, which you would think, right? Everybody wants to get there. He can't even find candidates to interview for a role. And that's from a high level manager in the sports industry. Why? Because the interviewers stink. There's not people that are qualified for it. So what do we want to do? We want to build the next generation. People coming into an interview setting, everybody tries to push their own agenda. They think about the interview from their perspective, right? Me, 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 me. You're interviewing me. You want to talk about me. You want to hire me. Please, for the love of God, which is a Tommy Boy reference. <laughs> you, want a, uh, you want a fun fact or a trivia? That's my favorite, uh, favorite movie. Sorry, I'm getting off topic already. <laughs> Listen, look at the interview from the perspective of the organization. Look at it from the perspective of the manager that's hiring you, the person that you're interviewing with, and articulate your words, your answers, and your presentation to what they want to hear. Don't be fake, right? Be hot, humble, open, transparent, be real, but articulate your experiences to what they want to hear. An example, I was interviewing individuals at one point of my career for a sales-specific role. One of the questions we asked was, tell us a time where you failed and you overcame adversity. A pretty typical interview question. Now, what you need to be able to do in order to be elite is read between the lines. We didn't actually care about your answer. <laughs> Most of the questions that are asked at face value the question doesn't, or the answer doesn't matter. It really doesn't, right? He doesn't care. I don't care about the physical attributes of your answer. What does the interviewer want? He wants to know, again, for an entry level sales job, he wants to know when someone tells you no, which in sales you'll hear a hundred times a week, how can you push past that, right? So the question tells the time where you failed and overcame adversity at face value, I don't care, honestly. Right? Here's where this guy, get on with my story, right? Stick with me here. Here's where this guy says, he goes, 
he sprained his shoulder in football his freshman year. And instead of going to the hospital mid-game, he played the rest of the game. And he continued to tell us that his shoulder still messed up. But he talked about his shoulder for about five minutes. And the struggles he now goes through because of his freshman year football program that he never got his shoulder fixed. Now, did he overcome adversity? And did he finish the game? Yes. He answered the question. But what did us as interviewers get out of that question? Nothing. The only thing I got out of is that he's kind of annoying to talk to about his shoulder. So I should never bring that up to him. I should never bring that up again. Right? People will just talk themselves in circles. They get stressed out about how to make the interview an interview. You don't want the interview to be an interview. You guys with me yet? You don't want the interview to be an interview. You want it to be a conversation. You want it to get to a point where your interview flies by and both people have great energy because the interview is just a conversation, right? So let's dive in on how you'll be able to do that. Here's an example question. Hey, tell us about your background, right? Listen, if I'm interviewing you, I got your resume in front of you. So do not give us a single point about everything on your resume. That is what this piece of paper is for. That's why that resume is important. So when you hand it to them, they can read one or two things about each one. When we ask you, again, I'm acting as the interviewer, you have to be prepared, right? You've prepared and you have a bomb resume. Now they, now they want to hear you read between the lines, right? So give an answer that has credibility for the job that you're hiring for. When I tell my background, getting into sports, I always honed in on my time owning a t-shirt company. One, it's different. And now I get to talk about the lead generation process, the prospecting we did, the client relationships, the repeat business, the referrals, right? I didn't give one specific point about my entire job history. I honed in on one thing. Why did I hone in on that? Because what was I going to be doing when I got into sales full time? Prospecting lead generation, client relationships, repeat business, referrals. So I read between the lines. They know, they now know that I know the sales process and that I've already done it at a high level. They don't care who I sold to, what I sold, why I sold it. They care about the process, right? We want you to be elevated above your competition and fellow interviewees before you even begin to step into that interview room. So how can you, when you're framing it to yourself, articulate and hone in and dive in on one experience that the interviewer really wants to hear about, right? It's not difficult to stand out during the interview process. That's why we get so heated because it's not really that difficult, right? How do you stand out? You control what you can control. You got to have traits like heart, work ethic. How about attitude and effort, right? How can you consistently do the little things? Because as a manager, it's my job to teach you the specifics about the job. It's your job to show me that you can be coachable. It's your job to show me the intangibles, right? These principles are developed and embodied from your background, from your experiences. So how have you been able, how can you articulate an experience that you already had and show that you can now be incredible at your job with what you're interviewing for, right? Managers can teach a normal person how to be a great salesperson. However, they cannot teach you the ethic, the work ethic, the heart, right? The appreciation for the little things. 
Control what you can control. We want you to feel like when you walk out of an interview that I crushed that thing. How many times have you like actually walked out of a school presentation or actually walked out of an exam and said 100% I aced that thing without a doubt. I'm not even going online to check my score. You guys know that I wasn't the greatest student of all time. I never did that once. So if you have, I love that for you. <laughs> I personally have had over 500 informational interviews since I started. And I probably had roughly 50 actual interviews in my life. Some for smaller positions, some for larger ones, right? And for each position, there could be five or six interviews for each position. So I have an interview for 50 jobs but the positions have different stages and different interviews, right? For the first time in my life, I just walked out of this interview that I did for the Playmakers program I was telling you about last week. And I felt incredible about walking out of the interview room. And it was a mock interview, <laughs> right? This is why we're putting this episode together today. So it doesn't take you 550 interviews to feel great. And then the one time it does, it's a mock interview. That doesn't actually matter, right? So <laughs> I hope that you guys can feel how passionate we are about this. And Hunter and I have sat down for literally, it took us two days to write this episode. We started at one and then we refined it and now we're recording it. So I want you to really to understand how much passion we have behind this and what we're doing here. So you can walk out of that and be like, yes, please. That was awesome. I killed that thing, right? All right, how can we control the room? Because remember, we're in the interview space. We're in this room today, right? You just sat across the table from somebody. How can you now control the room? There might be one person in that room. There might be nine like there was in my last one. First things first, look people in the eyes and use their name. That is so elementary, but so important. And when you do it, shake their hand with a strong grip. We don't need to be... Dwayne to Rock Johnson out here and squeeze the life out of them, right? But we also can't be, eh. <laughs> Imagine coming into, oh, I told you I'm going to call some people out and I know some people have done this and I'm sorry, but I'm coming after you. Come into a room, you start with a thousand people, you get down to 10, you have an interview, maybe it's even the second interview, maybe you're 0.5% and you come in and they're like, hey, Tanner, what's going on? And you're like, hey. Man, does that just, for the, everyone listening on Spotify, it's like a real limp, um, like a noodle handshake, right? <laughs> and that's how you're going to start this interview. You're the top 5%, you're the top 1%, and that's how you're starting this interview. No wonder we're not getting jobs. That's how we're starting interviews, right? Look people in the eyes, use their name, nice, firm handshake. Very important. Another simple thing. Dress good, right? We've had a lot of people in the sports industry always say dress to the nines. Dress good. That's pretty self-explanatory. And then when you sit down, here's important. If you're giving a presentation, set your agenda, right? Here's what we're talking about today. If it's an interview and you're one-on-one, -on -one, which I believe probably 95 to 97% of you are going to have interviews one-on-one -on -one or with a couple people, have a strong intro. Hey, Hunter. Thank you for valuing your time and being here with me today. The reason I want this job 
is because I value the career path and I really want to grow within this industry. I'm excited to sit down and now talk today about my past experiences and how you might see me fit in a role here with X organization, right? Boom, bang, let's go. That's a strong agenda. That's a strong, you come in, look in the eyes, name, handshake, set an intro like that, boom, ready to go. Come on, we're not wasting any time. No time is being wasted. Let's jump into it, right? That sets the tone from the beginning. And how can you be confident walking into that room? Prepare. Prepare the material, prepare the verbal. Also known as what we talked about last week. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go listen. There will be people that are emotionless when you get into that interview room. And there will be people that give you lots of emotion. How can you control this room? Feed off of the emotion, but also be cognizant to the point that you don't let it distract you, right? Comprehend, understand their emotion. Process the emotion from the person across the room and use it. If it's good, discard it. If it's bad, how do you do it? This is very difficult. And I'm saying it like it's a simple tactic because again, 550 interviews. I've picked up a couple things, right? Do this in everyday life. It is awesome to be able to read somebody's body language. It is incredible to be able to do this. I do this on a daily basis, bringing people into the conversation, which we'll talk about. Read the emotions. If they have a bad emotion, throw it out. If they have a good emotion, bring it closer, right? If someone smiles at a joke or if they nod their head yes during one of your answers or a part of your presentation, take a mental note. Bring that back up later in the interview. They obviously like that portion. If you're stating your background, right? You say, hey, again, I'm, I'll use myself for an example. Hey, I'm a farm kid. I grew up, grew up working uh, on the farm with my parents. I absolutely love the family aspect. It's, it seems like from my understanding that your team is like a family and they're starting nodding their head and they start lighting up in their face. Boom, at the end of the interview, guess what you're gonna be doing? Hey, I'm super excited to be part of the family that you've created. Right, stroke the ego a little bit. You've created a family with your organization. I came, my background is in this family and that's what I'm, I'm passionate about. I'm excited to be a part of that family, right? Use the words that they smile or they perk up or their, their smile gets bigger, their eyes light up, right? In the same right, in the same light, if they scoff or are just dead emotionless, <laughs> first of all, some people are just like that. Those are the worst people to be around and the hardest people to read. But if they're emotionless and they didn't like that at all, don't bring that back up, right? If it's something, now I'm going off the cusp here. If it's something, it's like, yeah, like I, I work until I, I work until I can't and I work until I drop and I grind for 18 hours a day and they're over here like, mm -hmm. right? Don't bring back up that you like working for 18 hours a day. Maybe try something different. Maybe you bring it back up and you're like, hey, I love working for 18 hours a day, but I can also take a break, right? I can also sit down for a little bit. If they nod their head at that, now you know that they, you have to find a common ground. They probably understand and like work-life balance for their team, right? Can you see how I'm feeding off of emotions and I can understand where the manager's at? And throughout the conversation, we can bring it together to piece together what they're looking for while also using your background and your knowledge. A couple more things. How do you effectively control that room, right? Because you can control a room, but how do you do it effectively? 
pausing. Everybody right now, I was pretty high motored before. Everybody right now is either leaning in a little bit. Maybe you just checked your phone to see if it was still playing. Pausing is so important. It's important for a couple of reasons. One, it gives you time to think about the question and come up with an educated answer. One of the thing, one of my biggest pet peeves when interviewing people is getting halfway through the conversation or halfway through the question, sorry, and them answering it, fumbling like, hey, how is your, uh, my day was good, uh, maybe it was bad, I don't really know. <laughs> like, dude, one, I didn't even finish the question. Two, take some time. Pausing is not a bad thing. Right? It allows you to fully understand the question too. To replay it really quickly in your head. And then it gives the interviewer time to expand on the question. Example. I love giving examples today and we didn't write any of these down. So these are all coming off the cuff. So hopefully they're hitting well. If someone says, hey, what kind of work have you done in the past? And you pause for literally three seconds. I'm not asking you to pause for a minute and a half. Hey, what kind of work have you done in the past? And you pause. And then they go on to say, in terms of volunteer and schoolwork. You just are now giving them time to expand on the question because now you don't have to rack your brain for all work experience because they just asked about volunteer experience, right? So now your brain is just condensing to volunteer experience. It gives you an opportunity to have a deeper answer because you can refine the space and the experience that you can pull from. Right? Pausing is a great thing. You don't need to answer the question immediately. And I challenge you to think that way. Everyone says, oh my goodness, I have to answer it right away and, and blurt out words because he or she, you know, he might think I'm not prepared if I don't shoot it out right away. No, you are prepared. You are ready. And that's why you should take a second. That's why you should take a deep breath. So you can recall your preparation. Whoa, I screwed that word up badly. <laughs> I felt really good about that clip too. I'm not going to lie to you. I was feeling it there. <laughs> That's why you should take a second. Take a deep breath so you can recall your preparation and come up with a deep and thought-provoking answer based on the goals of the organization. How can we pause? A couple things. Tips that you are not finding anywhere else. Three things. Mirroring. You basically ask them to dive deeper or clarify the question. If you cannot come up with a question right away, you just mirror. It sounds like the dumbest thing of all time, but it works so, so well. And you will use this in your everyday if you find that you will use this every single day. I'm not even going to say if because you will. Somebody asks us a question. Hey, tell me about your experiences. All I do now is say, experiences because now they have to expand on the question i i'm kidding you this sounds like the dumbest thing of all time but it works hey tell me more about last night last night yeah you said you, you and a couple guys were coming out and and you were going to go out to the baseball game baseball game yeah wasn't the diamondbacks playing last night at the stadium oh yeah so instead of now last night they asked you about last night, but after mirroring twice, they asked you about the Diamondbacks game. Now that you just got super specific, right? Another 
cushion is, so mirroring is one. Second is cushion. Hey, that's a great question. That's it. Hey, that's a great question. It buys your brain three seconds. And that's important. It also validates the question that they just asked. Who doesn't want to feel like they're asking great questions? Even us, I got doing a couple interviews, right? People are interviewing me all the time in terms of like reaching out. We're still on two or three a day, right? Or two or three a week. And people are asking me questions. Hey, that's a great question. Gives me three seconds to think. Third thing, don't say um. If you pause, it gives you time to think. The only reason people say, um, uh, 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 I don't know, is because they don't know what they're saying next. So if you pause, it gives your brain time to think of an answer. It gives your brain time to process the question. Boom. Those are three ways how you can pause, right? What if you don't have an answer to the question? Now what? What if somebody asks you the question, you've paused, you mirrored, you said that's a great question, but you don't have an answer. This is your opportunity to be humble, open, and transparent. It's your time to be hot. Who doesn't want to be hot? Come on, everybody wants to be hot. But you should be humble and tell them, you're a real person. You don't have to be perfect. This is something that I also believe is not said everywhere because I believe everybody thinks they have to be perfect. You don't need to have all the answers, right? Your job is not to have all the answers. That's your manager's job is to have all the answers. That's not your job. Your manager's job is to give you the answers, not your job to have them all, right? When a situation like this arises, we like to be honest and only answer what you know for certain, right? Dancing around the response, providing a bunch of fluff and a bunch of words and a bunch of... Who cares? It takes away from your credibility, really. So you're actually hurting yourself by throwing fluff in the air. In situations like this, I like to use that to highlight that the team you're going to be joining and the managers on the staff and the leadership staff that is surrounding this organization will help with those answers. Hey, that's a great question. I actually don't know the answer to that question. And that's why I believe I'm a great fit for this organization is because I'm humble enough to, to admit that I don't have the right answers. However, in my research and in my background and in my preparation, I've learned that your organization has a incredible management staff and your team, even from my conversations earlier, your team is ready to and is equipped to help everybody coming into this industry. And so I'm going to be able to take the things I know. And there's a lot of things that I do not know. And I'm fully aware of that. But because of the team that you've assembled and the leadership staff that this organization has, I'm ready to be thrown into the fire and we can all get better together. Wow. I kind of impressed myself right there. That's what it's about right there. And that is exactly what I wish I would have wrote that down. And I, I kid you not, it was not written down. That's what you want to be, right? That's where you want to be, where you can turn a situation where most people will freak out. Most people will be stressed and most people, uh, 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 and then maybe even throw a fake answer in there. This is your opportunity to be humble. This is your opportunity to tell the management staff that you've done research. This is your opportunity to tell the management staff that you're not perfect because they're not trying to hire someone that's perfect.
right? Whoo, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, this is good. We got a couple things, two things left. These will be relatively quick, but this is good so far. How can we articulate our information? How can we do basically what I just did? It is hard. It is, I still stink at it. I got lucky on recording to, to pull that out of, you know, where, but how can we articulate our information, right? We can articulate our information in a positive way by providing examples from our past. This shows we have invested time to think about our prior events. This shows our manager by bringing up our past experiences and events and knowledge and information that we have, it shows them that we are prepared. It also demonstrates that we've learned, we've not only learned from the past, but we've implemented it in a new way of thinking, right? So if there is a question that is asked in this interview, like the one that we started with, tell me a time where you failed and gotten better, right? Which is again, a basic interview question. If you can take experiences from your past and demonstrate that you have not only learned from the past, but have implemented a new way of thinking or a new strategy or a new tactic to avoid repeating those mistakes again, you will be able to articulate that experience in a positive manner to move forward. You will be able to use this experience, open a new door and move the needle forward. And it's important to be honest and transparent when articulating your responses, right? If a question such as like, hey, if you are in this role, what's one of your weaknesses that would hinder your performance? I'll repeat the question. Again, you're in an interview room, right? Think of yourself as in an interview room and somebody sitting across from you says, hey, if you earn this role, I like you. I want to give you this role. I really want you to be a part of our team. What's one of your weaknesses that would hinder your performance? If that's asked, this could blow some people up in the interview. You have to find a way to turn the initial genuine and most likely negative response because they are asking you a weakness, which will generally and probably 90% of the time elicit a negative response. How can you take that and use it in a progressive and positive way to show that you've gotten better. That, that will be something where your employees or your employers, sorry, will really, really start to draw near to you, draw closer to you, understand and appreciate the preparation that you put in. A couple quick hitters, right? Dive deeper into the question, mirror, understand the question. Don't take it at face value. Read between the lines, right? Please read between the lines. I said this the other day when Jason and I were interviewing. A dumb question that we got all the time when we were doing these speed interviews. is like, oh, if you were a burger or a sandwich, like what part of the sandwich would you be? No one cares what kind of sandwich or what part of the sandwich you are. No one cares if it's a hot dog or a sandwich or a burger or a chicken sandwich or barbecue. doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody cares. Can you come up? With these, these questions are meant to elicit a like uh, nervous response. I'm not really sure. Maybe I'm the pickle or the ketchup or does this burger even have ketchup on it? Or what if it's a hot dog? Do I put mustard on it? Am I from Chicago or they has to be mustard? Am I not from Chicago and I don't put mustard? What about relish? Like 
people's minds will go berserk over that question. Yo, they don't care at all about what kind of topping or burger or sandwich it is. They don't care. But can you think quickly on your feet? Hey, I'm the bun because I keep teams together. I'm the burger because I'm the meat of this thing. Right? I'm pickles because I'm a great accessory. I'm a I'm a quality guy. I'm a morale guy. I'm the mustard because you know what? Sometimes you, you use me, sometimes you don't. I'm good with staying in the background. I'm good with being the centerpiece. Depending on what type of sandwich it is, I'll do both. That's reading between the lines. That's knowing why they are asking that question. That is understanding the objectives of the job and the interview that you're going for. That is leaning on your preparation. It is also showing your personality. Who are you? This is cliche, but showing your personality is so important. Right? Don't be a stick. Dude, no one likes sticks. Dude, when you are just... Nobody likes those people. And also, don't be fake. You get called out real quick. Real quick if you're fake. Right? All right. Last thing. Actively listening. That's a big one. No one does this. Really. All guys in relationships right now. We should all learn this. <laughs> we should all learn how to do this. Right? Can you bring up questions or answers from the start of the interview? Can you bring them up at the end of the interview? How well were you listening? Maybe there's three guys and girls in the in the office. And Shelby over here says, hey, like, what was your favorite thing to do as a kid? And, and Tamara over here says, hey, like, you know, what was one weakness that you have? And at the end of the interview, Matt's sitting in the middle going, hey, you know what? I've really enjoyed what you've done. You're very humble. And you say, yeah, Tamara actually asked me my weakness earlier in the interview. I'm able to, I'm able to show you my weaknesses, right? Are you able to bring up questions and answers from the beginning of the interview? That takes time. Do it in your everyday life. Do it in your everyday life. Can you recall a question that was asked in the beginning? Can you bring the manager's name in at the end of the interview? Hey, tomorrow. Hey, Shelby. Hey, Matt. Which also are the three names I just made up, but we can I can bring them back now because I've been doing this for 550 times. <laughs> hey, Shelby. Hey, Matt. Hey, tomorrow. It was great, great meeting you guys. It was awesome having a conversation. Shelby asked a great a great question at the beginning of the interview that, you know what, maybe I'm going to go back and research your question, Shelby, because I'm not sure I answered it correctly. But I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of your team, Matt. I really am. Can you buy people into that conversation? Can you bring them into the room? This is also hand gestures are very important. Hey, Shelby, that's a great question. Bringing tomorrow's question in from earlier. Buying them into the conversation. Bringing them into the conversation, we collectively will be moving forward, right? Can you buy people into that conversation? Don't dance around a question too, right? If you actively listen to the question and you can read between the lines, don't dance around it. Buy yourself five seconds like we talked about before. Think about a dense response. And then when you have it, just deliver it. Let that thing rip. Let that thing rip. Show that you are actively listening and engaged in that conversation. Listen, today we provided numerous steps to help you crush the interview process. We laid out how to avoid negative interviews because 
Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I love him a lot, and you guys stink at interviews. You just really do. Uh, and that's what we're doing today's episode. How can we control the room? How can we buy people in? How can we articulate our information? And then why is actively listening so important, right? Next week, we're talking about arguably maybe the most forgotten and neglected stage in the interview process. You guys got any ideas? I was thinking about telling you, but I actually think I'm just going to wait till next week. <laughs> Listen, subscribe and share this episode, right? Give someone else the opportunity to hear about these experiences. Plant ideas that were impactful for you. Plant those ideas for somebody else. We have lots of people reaching out to us. Lots of people reaching out. People also love the Instagram reels that we're running. Shout out Caitlin because she is very talented at what she does. Our engagement was up like I think there was, what, a 1,000 people the first time that engaged. There's, I would say it's probably 130% or 140% over the last months that we've been doing reels. Keep them things rolling, right? Share it with people. Uh, I'm sorry that you guys have to look at my face. I wish at least last week we had Hunter where we could zoom in on him, right? <laughs> like, follow our YouTube, follow our TikTok, all that stuff, right? Let's inspire others and continue to grow together.